I go out and eat. I still fly. I go shopping. I do all of those things. So I feel like if the Lord's going to take care of me any place, he's going to do it in the house of the Lord. But I do personally take every precaution that I know to take. I have folks in my own family that if they were to catch COVID, I don't know that they would recover because they don't have the immune system to do it. And so I believe that we should pray that God would give us wisdom. I can't tell you what to do. I can only know that what God puts on my heart to do. But I believe that we should pray that God would give us wisdom and that we should not allow our fears to keep us from coming together and meet in the house of the Lord. I think we can take every precaution. Doesn't bother me to wear a mask. I believe masks work. I, I know that they have in, in my situation. I'm around COVID often through the week. I give God the glory that I've not, not caught it. Ellen's around it a lot. Ellen takes care of COVID patients. That's what her role is in the hospital. And God has spared her from catching it. By God's grace, she's been spared. But she's still at church. Brother and Sister Farrington, almost 95 years old, right here in church. What an encouragement and what an example and what a blessing for me. It helps me. I pray that we can encourage one another and I pray we can pray for one another and that the Lord will add to our church and give us wisdom in knowing how to safely meet together and worship the Lord. So it's been a rough couple of years. I don't want to dwell on that, but it has. Folks have, a lot of folks have been out of work. A lot of folks have lost loved ones. There have been a lot of illness that's gone around in the country. There's just uh, inflation. There's uh, higher prices. There are just challenges no matter what direction that you look. And it may seem like that even in our own families, our own lives, there have been extra challenges over this last year. Well, what do we do? Do we dwell on that? Do we look back and do we become discouraged and overwhelmed? I know, Mar Marcia, you and Brother Phil lost a very dear friend that worked with you, that you counted on an awful lot. And no doubt that changed your dynamics a whole lot. Every one of us have had a situation or situations that have been challenging in, in our lives. Sister Caroline, Sister Peggy, their mother went home to be with the Lord that has been in their home and been a staple for 89 years. And so folks have been through a lot. Do we become discouraged by that? Or do we think about some of the blessings that we've learned? Remember Sister Perry often saying things could be worse. And do you know that if it wasn't but for, but for God's grace, things would be worse. God sheds his grace and his mercy upon us. And it's because of God that things are not worse than they are. And if we look back up over the last year, God has spared us and God has delivered us and we're here right now. And that in itself is a great blessing that we are. So I hope that this message will be an encouragement to you this morning. And if there's any that are listening online, I pray it'll be a blessing and encouragement to them as well. Psalm chapter 34. How are we going to face the new year? How are we going to look at the uncertainties of the new year that's before us? There's a whole lot of uncertainties as we look ahead in the new year. You look at the government. You look at people that are in positions of authority. You look at decisions that are being made. And it could be overwhelming if we dwelt on that. But when we look at all that, 
We need to be able to, for just a minute, look above all of it. There's not anything that's happening that is a surprise to God. There's not anything that's happening that is out of God's power. God has all power. God is over all of the reigning and activities that are going on in our land today. And God is above all of that. And God can, although I don't associate Romans 8, 28 with everything, that uh, all things work together for good to them that love God. I do believe that God works things together for the good of his people. And I believe that God can bless that to happen. And, and as we experienced through this summer, we had much anxiety. We met at the Old Brick Church. And what a blessing that was, that something that was challenging, God blessed it to work together. And we had a wonderful time, a wonderful season of still being able to worship the Lord and meet in that old historical place. And it seemed like God just blessed with his presence. I look forward to being able to meet there again. I want to look at Psalm chapter 34, and I hope this will be an encouragement to you as we go into 2022, knowing uh, that there will be no doubt uncertainties, knowing there will be probably discouragements, knowing that there will be challenges that we face. Uh, I expect when we get to the end of the year, we'll look back and we'll recognize many blessings from God. We'll also recognize many challenges that we've experienced as well. And if God, by his mercy, sees us through this year, I trust that we can say that we've looked to and leaned upon the Lord to get through it. You know what? I'm just thankful that we have the ability to worship. There are places in the world that we would not be afforded this liberty. I came to church this morning. I didn't worry one bit in the world about the liberty that we have to worship the Lord. Didn't think about it at all. Thought about a few other things, but I didn't think about that liberty that we have to worship God. What a blessing that it is in the land in which we live. I think we take it maybe for granted. Maybe I do sometimes. Psalm 34. If you want to... I don't know that we'll touch on all this, but it's just a great, great chapter. And it's an encouraging chapter. And it tells us how that we should be encouraged even in discouraging times. David was delivered. It says that he changed his behavior before Abimelech. He, Saul was attempting to take his life. Uh, those David had just defeated uh, the giant uh, Goliath. Goliath, And so he was in the presence of folks that uh, uh, Goliath's folks and and they wanted to take his life. And so David, it says he disfigured himself. You can go over to first Samuel chapter 21, I believe it is. And it talks about David and how that he uh, how that he was delivered out of a situation that looked like there was no way out. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations like that, that we can't see a way out. And yet God makes a way. When there is no way, he makes a way out of it. He, and he did for David right here. And so David says, and this is such a great chapter. You do well to, to think on this, memorize it, remember it if you want to. It'll bless your heart if you do. David says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. He said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord in the bad times and I'm going to bless the Lord in the good times. And he says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. We have a minister, a fellow minister among us. His name is Elder Paul Troutner. Elder Troutner is probably almost 90 years old. He was a, a, a friend of Elder Bradley's. They both came up together in the early days among the primitive, in the early days, in his early days among the primitive Baptists. 
And the one thing that is so profound about Brother Paul Troutner, even in his latter years, if he has his mouth open and he's talking, he's generally singing a song. He has a song on his heart all the time. I, I don't understand how he can remember so many songs. But as he's walking around, as he's talking with folks, as he's having a conversation with you, he'll end it with the verse of a song or he'll start it with the verse of a song. And when I think of this verse right here, I think that not only does it tell us that we ought to do it, but I know somebody that actually does it. And that's Elder Paul Troutner. David says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to bless him in the hard times. I'm going to bless him through the difficult times. I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to bless him at all times. He says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Doesn't say that everybody's going to be glad. But it says there is a people that's going to be glad about the name of the Lord, about the blessings of the Lord. I enjoyed that song we sang this morning. Grace is a charming sound, harmonious to the ear. I, I, I delight in that song. And that song is a blessing. And the songs are a blessing to the Lord's poor people. He says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. He says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3, great verse right here. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. David says, David was ready to praise God. It, have you ever experienced maybe a great deliverance in your life and you were just so excited that you wanted to, to, to thank God for it? You wanted to praise God. You wanted to have somebody to, to praise God with. It says right here to magnify the Lord with me. First of all, the Lord doesn't need us to magnify him. The Lord has all glory aside from us. The Lord doesn't need us. We need him. But when he says right here that we are to magnify, this, this, is, uh, this right here helps me to magnify. Without this, I, I couldn't see, I, I couldn't even see the, uh, the, the chapters. I, I can't tell time. I, I can't do any of those things without this. But this magnifies it and it makes it more clear for me. In fact, you look a whole lot better with these on than without them. But it, 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 it clarifies it. It makes it clearer. It makes it more abundant. And he says that what we are to do, what you and I are to do, is to praise God and we are to magnify his name. We are to clarify his name. We are to embolden his name. We're to make it larger. We're to make it clearer. We're to direct our praise to him, not because he needs us to, but we need to. We need to. It does us a world of good. When we magnify the name of the Lord. Now, I want to tell you, fear is a, is a strange thing. I, I don't think that anybody here can say I've never had fear at all of anything. I think that fear grips us in different ways, different times in our life, uh, more ways than others. And everybody, it's a little bit different. But I tell you what, when we are magnifying the Lord, when we're looking to the Lord... We realize the power and strength that he has, and it helps us overcome any fears and anxieties that we have in our life. He says right here, oh, magnify, expand, make more clear, make larger the Lord 
And I think this is interesting how he says this right here. David said, I need somebody to do it with. Now, you know what? I, 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 I would have come to church this morning, whether anybody else would have been here or not. But I tell you, it's a lot better with everybody here than it is when we're not. There's a blessing in coming together. And David said right here, I want to magnify God and I want you to help me do it. Look what he says. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. And he says, let's do it together. That's a great blessing. The Lord over and over in this psalm tells us the importance and the blessing of doing it together with the Lord's people. That's why he created. That's one of the reasons that he created the church. He knew that that we needed each other. He knew that we could take the gifts that he's given us to help each other, encourage one another, and to build up the body of Christ. And he's saying right here, he says, I want to magnify the Lord. And he says, I want you to do it with me. David says, this is so good. We probably won't get to all of it, but it's really, really good. David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me. And this one is for 2021 and for 2020. He says, I sought the Lord. Well, David was seeking the right person. He was seeking the right way. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now, sometimes because the Lord doesn't answer the way we think that he ought to answer, we think the Lord doesn't hear us. But did you know that the Lord hears us all the time? says that he knows the very hairs of our head. And he says that he even knows the very sparrow when it falls. So there's not anything that the Lord doesn't know. There's not anything that the Lord doesn't hear. If we think he doesn't hear us, it's our lack of understanding. It's not because of God, because God always hears us and God always knows. But here, this is so good. This verse is so good. He says, I sought the Lord. So when you have trouble, when you have difficulties, go to the Lord. David did. He set the example for us. He says, I sought the Lord. And I says, I have some good news for you. The Lord heard me. He says uh, four things right here. He says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he says, and on top of that, he delivered me. Now, if you look back upon your own life, can't you recognize and see as you look back upon your life that God always Here's our plea, and God always delivered, delivers us. And then he even went on to say, this is so good. He says, I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Now, I tell you what, that just pulls the rug out from under Satan. Because Satan's tactics are fear tactics. If he can cause us to fear, then oftentimes we're paralyzed in the middle of being so overcome with fear. I don't know about you, but I know that I am. If I start thinking about the things that cause me to fear in my life, I'll, be, I'll become so overwhelmed that I'm not even beneficial or profitable to anybody else or myself if I'm overcome with fear. And I have to tell you, that that's a lot of the tactics that are being used today is the fear tactic. 
So let me tell you, if you have something that you're fearful of right now, there's one thing we ought to fear, and it's God. It is. But everything else, we pray for wisdom. We pray for discernment. In all this crazy COVID mess, we pray that God gives us discernment and wisdom and judgment. But we don't need to be overcome with fear. And and probably I'm preaching to myself. I heard a minister say one time, he says, you remember when you're preaching, if you're pointing a finger to folks, you've got about three or four pointing right to yourself. So they're they're coming to me. So fear is not something that I'm exempt from. But I tell you, when I become overcome with fear, I try to dig into God's word and find some promises that help me in the midst of that fear. And so David says right here, he says, I sought the Lord. That's the right thing to do. He says, and the Lord heard me. That's encouraging to know. And he says, and he delivered me from all my fear. So if there's anybody here that's harboring any fear, you take it to the Lord. And you have some good news to know that God's going to hear you. And you've got some proof to know that God's going to deliver you. He can strengthen us. Now, it may not change the situation that you're in. It may not change the circumstances that are around you. But you can be encouraged in the midst of those challenging times and not be overcome with fear. So let's look at what he says. He says, I sought the Lord. Great verse. The Lord heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. Now, this is how I envision it right here. They looked upon him and they were lightened. They were encouraged. They were made happy. They were fulfilled. They were joyful. Didn't change the circumstances around, but it changed the individual. And did you know that when we're looking to the Lord, he radiates with glory. And it can't help but show up on our face. When we get so overwhelmed with fear and discouragement and look at the world around us and all that's going on, it'll drag us down and it'll even show on our face. It will. But when we are looking to the Lord and we're talking to the Lord and we're taking him our fears and we're taking him our anxieties, the end result is may not change the things around us. He might. But even if he doesn't, he's going to encourage us right in the midst of it. And by the way, let me just tell you this. Did you know that if you're taking your fears to the Lord and he is encouraging you, did you know that one of the side, one of the side blessings to the Lord encouraging you is that you yourself can encourage other folks? It is. You know, I'm so thankful for, I I miss those that have gone to be with the Lord, but I'm so thankful for the ones that we've known because they blessed our lives. Look at Sister Perry. I mean, she wasn't overcome with fear. Now, you'd think if anybody's going to be fearful, somebody 104 years old would probably be fearful. She wasn't overcome with fear. And so her example was an encouragement to us. He says, this is good. 
He says, they looked unto him and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. And then this is really good. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of all his troubles. To me, this chapter is just one encouragement after another. I was thinking of the song this morning, poor and afflicted, Lord are thine. Among the great unfit to shine, though the world may think it strange, would not with the world exchange his lot. Right here, he says, this poor man cried. How many times has despair, discouragement brought us to the point of even being maybe emotional? He says that this poor man cried And it says, the Lord heard his cries and the Lord saved him. And I think this is really interesting. He doesn't say he saved him out of some of his troubles, but he said he saved him out of all of his troubles. Now, this verse is made reference in verse 19 right here. I want to just include this in explaining this verse. This poor man cried, the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. You may be thinking in your your experience that there's some troubles in your life that God has not delivered you from. This is also brought out, we'll see it again in verse 19. So the same principle applies in verse 19. He said, this poor man cried, the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. And you may say, well, Brother Stephen, that that doesn't explain my situation because there's some things in my life that God has not delivered me from. I have some troubles uh, in my life, and God has not delivered me. So what does that mean? Does it mean the Scripture's wrong? Does it mean that I'm not one of the Lord's elect? What does it mean when I see a Scripture like this? Can I tell you that, that God has promised... We're taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're taught in 2 Corinthians that God's grace is sufficient for our every need. No matter what the need is, his grace is sufficient. So in this life, God will either, he'll either remove the trouble from us or he will give us the grace to bear the trouble. But when he takes us on home to glory, All those troubles are left behind. So he says right here, this poor man cried, the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. David could say, even though I've got Saul chasing me right now, I know that ultimately the King of kings and Lord of lords has promised that he's going to deliver me. And ultimately, I'm going to be delivered from all of my troubles. This next one is good. Oh, taste and see. Taste and see. Do you know what? It's the Lord that gives you that spiritual thirst and that spiritual taste. The things of God would not taste pleasant to you. They wouldn't have a pleasant odor, a wonderful taste, if God hadn't touched your heart and given you that desire. But for those that God's given the desire, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, there's not anything fearful in that. 
as you think about the Lord and you think about the blessings of the Lord, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. He says, we can be encouraged to taste on the, the, and feast on the wonderful blessings of God. God is good. God is good for his people. God is good for you. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. He says, now here's where fear comes in. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. We should fear and reverence almighty God, but we should be encouraged to know that he has all power. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What is man that he desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? He begins to sort of tell what our natural tendencies are. That we, you know, sometimes we say, well, I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord. But then just as soon as we get sick, we try to go to the doctor and get well. Are we really that ready to go be with the Lord? He says right here that man desireth, that it's his, uh, it's built inside that we desireth life. We get sick, we want to get better. We'll spend all of our money and, and most of anybody else's that we can do to try to find a solution or to get better. We'll, we'll try to find the very best doctors that we can. That's a built-in desire that we have. He says, he says, uh, what is man that he desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? He says, here's some things that will be, here's some things that put the shoe leather on the pavement right here in our life. He says, here's some things that, that will really make a difference in our life. We might desire long life and, and long life can be a blessing from Almighty God. Long life can be a blessing to encourage other people. It can be a great blessing. But here he says, here's some things that will really be a blessing that you can do. He says, what is man that he desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? He says, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. He begins to bring it down to a practical sense. He says, watch our tongue. He said, we ought to make sure that we're using our tongue. To bless the Lord, to encourage others. If you go over to James, it talks about the tongue. And he he describes the tongue as an unruly object. What does that mean? Means it just gets away from you. It just runs away. And he says, we have the power. He says, we have the power to put bits in horses' mouths. And to pull those reins and to to direct a big object like a horse. But he says, our little member, this tongue, it just gets away from us. He says, or we have ships that have the small helm that you can direct an entire ship. But he said, we can't direct sometimes this little bitty object called the tongue. I thought Brother Don Richards used a great example. I, I really appreciate it. thought he used an excellent example right here. And it ought to cause us to at least be mindful and consider. He said, do you ever say anything and you just wish that you could take it back? 
I mean, just almost when you've said it, you think, I wish I, I hadn't have said it and I wish I could take it back. He said, it's just like this. It's like squeezing out too much toothpaste on the toothbrush. You ever tried to put it back in the tube? It just won't go. And that's kind of the way it is when this tongue gets away. Now, here's what he said. He said, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. The scripture says that evil communications corrupt good manners. That's one of the biggest lies that Satan attempts to sell young people. Is to think that they'll not be influenced by the ungodly. That they can associate and run with the ungodly and not be influenced by the ungodly. The scripture says be not deceived. Don't be deceived that evil communication, fellowship with the ungodly corrupts. It will have an impact upon good manners. He says right here, depart from evil and do good. And then he says something else right here. And I think this is really good. And God's given us some examples, some real life examples in our lives to see and witness people that did this. Seek peace and pursue it. The devil doesn't want peace. He doesn't. He doesn't want peace in churches. He doesn't want peace in families. He doesn't want peace in the nation in which we live. I mean, would you have ever thought that that a political party could be as divisive as what it is? I mean, I, back when I grew up, it, 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 you could be one or the other, and it wasn't as divisive as that. Devil doesn't want folks to be on the same page. That's why there's so much encouragement taught to the Lord's people to be in one accord in the Lord's house. Now, I'm going to tell you the only way that, that I believe that we can even be, be hopeful to be in one accord is if all of us are not looking at each other, but we're all looking to the Lord. If every one of us are looking to the Lord, that's going to draw us together. Doesn't matter what one person's conviction is or another. If we're looking to the Lord, the Lord's going to lead us all together. We'll be closer together. And if we need to be changed in our thinking, the very best one to help us change our thinking is the Lord. That's who we need to be talking to. That's who we need to be praying to is the Lord. And he'll help direct our, our thinking in the right way. He said, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I think this is interesting right here. He says, seek peace. And then he says, pursue it. That means you got to put forth some effort to make it happen. Uh, We, as I said, we've been blessed by some great examples. Brother Stamper, Brother Elder Compton, Brother Oris Jackson. Those were men that recognized peace and they pursued it. He says, the face of the Lord, uh, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. I want to get down to verse 19. It's, it's, it's really good. He says, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil and to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and he delivereth them out of their troubles. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, 
and saveth such that are of a contrite or broken or humble spirit. So this is this is some uh, a portion of scripture that should be encouraging to us. He's not talking about right here our circumstance and changing the circumstance. He's he's not talking about delivering us from that circumstance specifically, but he's talking about changing us and encouraging us in the middle of that circumstance. I don't know anybody that's signing up to move out of the United States of America. I mean, it... It, 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 it certainly I'm very as, it, with as many challenges as there, as there are. I am so thankful that that's where we live. And I thank God for the liberties that we have. It's not perfect. I trust it may get better by God's grace. And with God, things can be better. But he says right here, he says the righteous cry. We realize that we're not righteous in and of ourselves. That our righteousness is in the Lord. And so if we have any righteousness at all, if we have any ability to go before the Lord, it's not based upon our righteousness, but based upon his righteousness. But he says the righteous cry and he says the Lord hears their cry and he says and he delivers them out of their troubles. Again, he says God is going to either give you the grace to bear it and deliver you uh, in eternity or he might deliver you right now. He just might do it. I had a really good conversation last evening with my pastor's wife. And we were talking about, uh, I, I grew up with them. They were like parents to me within the church. And I'll always be thankful uh, for the influence of my pastor and his wife and their children. The children were like brothers and sisters to me. The, the husband and wife were like a spiritual mother and father for me. And I'll always be thankful but we were talking last night and I said, I have to confess that I was surprised that God took Brother George home to be with him at such an early age, 64 years of age. I said, because I felt like I still needed him. And I knew a lot of other folks that needed him. And I was surprised that somebody that was so helpful and so beneficial that God would take them at such an early age. I know God's sovereign. I realized that. And his wife said, I pondered that myself. I thought the children still needed their dad. I thought the grandkids needed their grandfather. I thought the church folks still needed them. But his health began to break. And she said, you know what I've concluded is that he longed for heaven so much that God finally just delivered him and delivered him from all the challenges and all the sadness and all the sorrow and all the health issues. And he blessed him on to be able to go on home and be with the Lord. Sometimes the Lord delivers us that that way. Sister Perry used to say there's there's things that are worse than death. Death can be a deliverance. It can be. He said, the righteous cry, the Lord heareth, he delivereth them out of their troubles. Again, he says, the Lord is nigh. That means he's close. He's near. 
The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit. He says those that are, are, are broken in heart, those that have a contrite spirit. He says that's the kind of folks that the Lord is near to. That's the, Lord, that's the type of folks that the Lord is nigh unto. He says the Lord's near unto those that are of a broken heart and are of a contrite spirit. Verse 19, real good verse. I love this verse. We'll just, we'll just end it with verse 19. You can go through and read the rest of the, the verses. Encouraging. This verse parallels the verse that we mentioned about the troubles that the Lord delivers us from in verse 6. Verse 19. And I think this sort of is a, is a title or a heading for this uh, chapter. Many are... The afflictions of the righteous. You might say, well, Brother Stephen, I can relate to that verse. I can. It seems like there's just a lot of different afflictions in my life. It's not necessarily talking about physical afflictions. It could be mental challenges. It could be challenges within our family. Challenges within our own self. Challenges within our own thinking. Challenges with others that are around us. He says many are the afflictions of the righteous. In this life, we're going to have afflictions. Shouldn't be a surprise to us. This world, these afflictions oftentimes remind us. If this world really isn't our home, it's referred to as being pilgrims and strangers here. And when you're referred to as being pilgrims and strangers, then it's really not your home. It's not your final home. We're just on a journey through this world. And so as we're making the journey through this world, the psalmist says, you know, I've I've been rejoicing in the Lord. I know that the Lord is my strength. I know that the Lord is my help. I know that I'm to seek peace. I know that I'm not to fear. But I also realize that in this life, there's many afflictions for God's people. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I love this verse. He says, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. I have the confidence to know And it helps me and it encourages me and it it gives me something to share and encourage with the Lord's people that that, yes, we experience many afflictions here in this life. But God has promised us that he's going to deliver us from every single one of them. Maybe he'll do it here in time, but ultimately he'll do it in glory. May God bless you.